With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to Miracle Monday. It is August the 22nd, 2016, and their calling number is 646 200 4169 press 1 and that puts you in queue to talk to us and we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show welcome Michael Michael are you with us I'm with you I'm with you for eternity anyway my new phone has a screen that comes up and blocks my mute button, so I have to find it every time. Anyway, welcome everybody. Honored that you're here. Delighted that you're back to uh, share this space, or if you're here for the first time, we're delighted to uh, have this opportunity to share with you some of the teachings of the ancient Aramaic Yeshua back 2,000 years ago, which is a gentleman who is popularly known as Jesus, but his real name was actually Yeshua, who had an understanding of how the laws of life worked that on such a deep level that he did things that, you know, the rest of the world just kind of scratches their heads and says, that's just not possible. And, you know, the core of the teaching there is the forgiveness process, as we've said over and over again. And forgiveness having nothing to do with I let you off the hook for what's happening inside of me, but rather how I go inside myself and remove the parts of my mind which I've been hiding from myself and with which I have created the painful experiences in my life. So that's the core of the forgiveness process. And there's one other place on the planet that I found the exact technology, the exact how-to, access those hidden parts of the mind, and that's in A Course in Miracles. So we're going to uh, do a lesson today from The Course in Miracles. Actually, it's one that Jeannie uh, requested, and it's called Entering the Ark. But before we do that, we do have an announcement, and that is we're going to ask you to, uh, to make a note and change the phone number 
for the radio show. The uh, apparently Blog Talk is uh, getting a new telephone supplier, and the new supplier doesn't have access to the numbers that, uh, gee, we've had for what six years now on Blog Talk, and that has is disappearing. And so, as of September first, our new calling number is going to be a five one six area code. So the calling number is five one six four one eight. 5786. So if you'd put that in your phone and save it, area code 516-418-5786 as of September 1st will be our new calling number. And also our uh, web address there will be www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash mindshiftersradio. That's plural. So blogtalkradio.com, MindShifters Radio. So we've, uh, we've made a few changes since the phone number was changing. We shifted over and opened. We were under the Angel Radio Network, if you remember. Well, since the phone number was changing anyway, we just decided to go ahead and open our own direct account on Blog Talk. So now we also get to do uh, direct podcasts through iTunes. So if you would like to subscribe to the show and you've got iTunes on your phone, then what will happen is by uh, subscribing to uh, our channel on uh, iTunes, you'll be able to get the podcast delivered to you every day. And actually, Jeannie, I don't know much about that. You know more than I do. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Well, I I really don't know a whole lot. I, I've got iTunes on my computer, and so when I saw that by having our own channel that we could do the cast, then I just started looking at it. I've sent an email to Blog Talk for them to give me you know, more insight of how that works. But I kind of accidentally, I think, I went into iTunes, and I was able to click Connect and then put in the URL, which is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash mind shifters radio and it linked it and so it says that once the episode is complete that I will automatically it will automatically go into my iTunes and apparently it stays there until I open it and once I've opened it and listened to it then I think it's good for 14 days I guess unless I save it somewhere else or something but anyway it will automatically every day send me the radio episode and so, I've, like I said, I've asked Blog Talk through an email to let me know if there's something else that happens, but I just kind of accidentally did that. So if anybody out there knows, then you can send me an email at genie, J-E-A-N-I-E, at whyagain.com, or I mean whyagain.org, <laughs> and uh, let me know if there's something else that I need to do other than that. But I think it's up to each individual listener to go into their iTunes account and to connect to that URL. And I'm actually listing that information on today's notes for the archive show. So if you go out to our website, it'll be there. And I'm going to be changing on our website, so anywhere that we mention the radio show, I'm going to be putting that information out there too. That'll be done later today. So hopefully um, we've covered all of our bases and, and everybody will be able to link to it. So starting September 1st, we'll be on that their direct channel will no longer be under Earth Angels Radio. And so that opens up, I think, a few different pathways that we didn't have before since we were on someone else's channel. And so anyway, it's change. Cool. Awesome. 
Well, and one of the other questions that we're we're ruminating on, and maybe somebody out there in uh, radio land is, has the brain cells for this because it's new to us, is that we've got, uh, I think it's, Jeannie, they said there were 1,400 shows in the archives, something like that. It I thought was, it was up as around As of 17, today, but... it will be 1,415, counting today. And they're so all 1, under Earth Angels. Right. So if anybody has the uh, the awareness and the knowledge that might be able to give us any input as to how we might transfer those into iTunes so that they become available under our channel, that would be nice. Because it's, from what I understand, it's not really accessible. The whole of Earth Angels Radio is accessible, so that means whoever else is on the station also gets to uh, it gets in there. So you get um, a mix-up of uh, a number of different things. So if anybody happens to have any knowledge about that, we'd appreciate your support. What we'd like to do ultimately is transfer all of our old episodes into our own channels so that uh, they're accessible. And so, and of course they are. They are still on on our website in the archive. And so you can still access them that way, but it would be nice to have them underneath their channel if somebody just went to Blog Talk. But then one other thing is because for almost six years now, people have clicked Earth Angels Radio to follow it and or like it or, or you know whatever it's called, link to it. And so we need you to also pass the word and link to the new channel so that you'll get information on it. So that would be nice. So we've, we're basically losing all of our stats and everything. You know, we were the biggest uh, radio uh, broadcast on the Earth Angels channel. And so I'm sure that upped her uh, statistics and her ratings and all of that. So we're starting from scratch. So if you all will go over to the Mind Shifters Radio and follow it, link it, whatever, you know, you can do to it there. And uh, that will help start us building all over again. Now, Ginny, when you say go over to it and link it, are you talking about going to the website, blogtalkradio.com forward slash mindshiftersradio, uh, and link doing that? Okay. So go to that website. Yeah. So, um, like right link now, if you go us, to Earth Angels, share us on Facebook. it shows every – we've got to overlap. <laughs> go ahead. So, yes, if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash mindshiftersradio, if you are signed in to Blog Talk as, you know, being a member or whatever and you chat in the chat room, then you have the option, or and you may even, if you, if you don't follow it, but I'm sure they have to have your email address or whatever, but if you click that you're following it, then they also send you a reminder either by text or email saying, you know, your show starts in 30 minutes or whatever it is. And... Uh, but then it shows up on our channel who all's following it and who all's our main listeners and, and things like that. So it'll just help our statistical reporting and, and our ratings with the radio show. And we're not sure yet. We haven't heard back um, how we can get on the other radio show that was that was our radio station that was covering us, the PM Nation Radio. Um, they're covering the Angel Station. So we're also checking to see if we can link with them as well. So that means, you know, we'll be losing that coverage. So any assistance or help is most appreciated. This is kind of new for us, and and we could use any help we can get. Absolutely. And if you uh, happen to be listening to us through that other station, what was the name of it again, Jeannie? 
I'll have to look it up to get it exact, but I think it's um, PM Nation Radio. Um, PM Nation. So if you're listening there, you might contact uh, the station that you're listening through and let them know that you want us to continue. We'll be contacting them to see if they'll carry the show and um, continue so you will still be accessible through your regular listening channel. So, And or if anybody's got any uh, contacts or brain cells for how to get listed and, uh, and get out there on other stations, we'd be honored and delighted to have your input and support in making it available because our goal is to take this quite literally, to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. So thank you for your support. And so Miracle Mondays, uh, we're going to look at uh, Chapter 20, The Vision of Holiness, which, of course, I I love um, Albert Einstein's work. is just so awesome and so parallel. And, And Einstein says this, If you think you're separate or separated from the rest of humanity, you're living in an optical delusion. So your vision is one of non-wholeness, of brokenness, of being apart and separate instead of part of wholeness, which became holiness as though it's something to do with your hands being folded and being down on your knees. Not what it is. It's part of wholeness and recognizing. I love how David Bohm says it. David Bohm says individuality can only be realized out of the unbroken wholeness. The regulatory speech isn't so so great there, but the truth is that if we could adjust the rate of vibration at which our eye receives information, we would be able to see that we are all connected, that we're not separate or separated from each other. That's an optical delusion, as Einstein says. It's a picture generated by the mind that most everybody believes in, And, of course, it leads to the kind of insanity that has people thinking, well, I can strike out at somebody else without hurting myself. And if I strike out at someone, I am striking out at myself. When I realize that the truth is there's only one of us. In the ancient teachings, it was called the mystical body of Christ. Mystical because, hey, nobody could understand that. We're all looking around at separate bodies and not realizing that perception is something generated by the mind And once one is trained to see separateness, then the mind shows pictures of separateness. Not the truth. Optical delusion. So entering into that space of connectedness, the first uh, part of this particular lesson is called entering the arc. And the first line is just so right on track. Nothing can hurt you unless you give it the power to do so. You know, people talk about, he made me mad, she hurt me, they really disturbed me, that upset me. And in so doing, most people live in total denial. And interesting thing that happens, we just finished doing the, uh, the section on the intensive of communication. Did you hear what I think I said? And what we covered is the idea that words instruct our minds how to build the world that we see. Remember the CIA website on studying perception? CIA is in total agreement with what we've been teaching for decades and is saying that reality is not recorded by the mind but generated by the mind. And your mind generates your reality according to how you've been trained. You know, there's a thing they call culture shock, and people go into another culture and their minds do not present to them the same perceptual constructs as everybody else, and that can be a real shock to people 
who are used to connecting with each other through similar beliefs and similar perceptions. But someone trained in a totally different culture, in a totally different way of seeing, sees differently. You know, we, we've been trained by the world that we look out through our eyes, we've got two windows, and we look out into the world. And that's, nothing could be further from the truth. You do not look out into the world through your eyes. You look out at what you're trained to see through a construct in your mind called perception. Trained differently from somebody else, somebody from a totally different culture, and you literally look at the same thing, and you literally see a different world. If you live in a world where people live in denial, and remember our definition of denial is when I think or speak as though something outside of me is the cause of something inside of me, then I dissociate from the cause inside of me. So if I hold things in me that cause me pain, and every time that pain comes forward, I say, you hurt me, I'm saying with my words, mind, don't show me a perceptual construct that tells me that I'm involved in my own life and that I cause my pain. Show me that somebody else does it. And by doing so, I give permission to others for others to hurt me. In other words, if I say, well, when you do that, you really hurt me, that's my permission. And every time you do that, it, it won't be true that you'll be hurting me, but you will resonate the part of my mind that holds hurt. I'll cut the piece out that it's my mind doing it to me, and I'll say, look how you hurt me. If you're hurting, guess what? You've given your mind permission to hold hurt. If you choose to enter into forgiveness, you can remove that permission, you can remove the root of the hurt, and the person who you say hurt me by doing this or that behavior can do this or that behavior until the cows come home, and you can't be hurt because you have none of that in you. So when you give something the power to hurt you, you do it through denial and dissociation. When I choose to take my power back and enter into forgiveness and I realize that in a certain circumstance I'm hurting, <clears throat> excuse the frog in my throat, when I realize that I'm hurting and I shift my language, I move into responsibility and my words will look more like, well, you know, what you just did really resonated, brought up some hurt in me, and I realized that I need to change the way that I've been trained to believe that somebody else is the cause of it. And in fact, I can remove those energetic patterns that hurt me. You remember in the Aramaic language, the word sin is an archery term that means off the mark. When I put an energy that is off the mark in my structure, wherever that energy lands in my structure, that part of my structure is going to say, ouch, that hurts. So when they said the wages of sin is death, they were just telling us how physiology works. If I put enough energy that's off the mark into any particular part of my tissue structure, that part of my tissue structure is going to start to fall apart. If urgent parts, if, if parts important to my functioning and remaining alive contain energies that cause them to dissolve and disintegrate, then... I'm going to create my own death by putting those energetic patterns within me. So this lesson goes on to say, yet you give power as the laws of this world interpret it, and giving 
as you give, you lose. That basically the world says it's all material. If it's in your hands, it's yours. If you give it to somebody else, it's gone. It's not yours anymore. So you lose by giving. But the truth is it's an energetic world, and what you give away is what you get to keep. So it is not up and, – and so speaking about giving power, the Course says it is not up to you to give power at all. It's like control freaks give people permission. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I, I let my child um, feel that way. Oh, yeah, I, I let her do that. I let him do that as though we had the power to, to cause them to do something or not do something. And it's a total falsity. So the power is of the creator. And it's each person, you know, probably the greatest atrocity done to us down through the ages and that we've bought into is that we've had hidden from us the fact that we are by nature creators. You and I are creative beings. It's our natural God-given power and right to create. But we've been trained through denial to believe that everybody else is the cause of what's happening in our lives, so we're victims instead of creators. So this lesson's informing us that this power is given by the creator, and we've reawakened to ownership of it through Rukhadikudsha. Remembering that the term Rukhadikudsha is a term that from the first century Aramaic, and in the Course in Miracles is called the Holy Spirit, but it's got nothing to do with the disembodied spirit being. It speaks of a feminine elemental force, and by the way, the Course does speak of he as the Holy Spirit. In Aramaic, it is clearly not he, but it is she, and it's she who undoes the effects of our errors and teaches us the truth. So we will be taught about the truth of our power when we become open and available to hear that and stop the blockage by blaming everybody else. So that power in you knows that as you give, you gain. So when I recognize that I'm the active presence of love, if I say, well, you know, you don't deserve my love, I get ripped off for the presence of love. Even if I hold this whole belief system that you don't deserve my love, if I keep love present in me, then I will offer it to you simply because that's what love does. It offers its presence. It doesn't withhold. You look at churches. I was talking to somebody this morning who uh, who arranges weddings. And they had a wedding where they wouldn't allow somebody who had not gone to confession to be on the altar with the wedding party. They wouldn't You're a little let, muffled, uh, Michael. Oh, excuse me. Okay, is that better? Yes. It was just this whole list of rules as though it was somebody's place to, from the church angle to dole out the presence of love. You go back to Yeshua, and you notice that he went and hung out with the lowest of the low because they were the ones who needed that presence of love. You look at the ego-centered churches that they develop, it's like, well, we're certainly not going to have presence of love for you. We're certainly not going to give our sacraments to you. We're certainly not. And it's like it's the exact opposite. Most of churchianity is the exact opposite of what Yeshua taught, and it's crazy on its face. So that power in you 
knows that as you give, you gain. And she gives no power to sin. In other words, this, this power that resides in you that will teach you the truth will give no energy to those things that are off the mark in you. However, if you choose to give energy to that which is off the mark in you, you have free will, that power is going to be hands-off. It's not going to change your mind. That's up to you. It's there to simply follow your directions. So of itself, that power in us gives no power to those energies that are off the mark, and therefore those energies have no power. And then it goes on to say that this power in you gives no energy to the results of those energies that you engage in. So as one sees those results unfold within their own minds, they give power to that and say, see, you're the one who victimized me. So now I've given you the power to be the victor over me and me to be the victim. And what the Course is saying there is there is a power in you that knows better. And if you hook up to it and invite it into activity, she will teach you better. So it goes on to say, sickness, death, and misery and pain. There's a power in you that would give no power to that, no energy to that. And yet it's interesting to hear people who argue for their pain and their trauma as though it is useful and good. People who argue for their sadness and their fear. People who think their anger and their rage are beneficial to them. People who think their pain around a given event, well, that just shows that I care. Excuse me, it doesn't show me you care. It shows that you have pain. Why would you not get rid of everything that doesn't belong in your structure? Well, but then people would believe that I wasn't good enough, I was not faithful to somebody because I didn't have pain over their suffering, blah, blah, blah. And it's all the world's game. And it's like sooner or later, if you're going to function as a true human being, you've got to stop playing the world's game. So... What the, uh, what the Course is saying here, so all of these things that involve misery, sickness, death, and pain have not occurred because that eternal force in you does not see them, does not function within them, and gives them no power and no power to their seeming source. So when you really truly link to that power in you, then you are freed from those dynamics, the insanity of the world. So this lesson goes on to say, thus would she keep you free of that pain. Being without illusion of what you are, that eternal force in you merely gives everything to the creator, to love, who has already given and received all that is true. The untrue he has neither received nor given. You know, it's it's interesting how many people spend their lives blaming God. Oh, how could God allow such a thing to happen in the world? Excuse me. And this is oftentimes the atheist's reason for rejecting God. I, I remember listening to a, a guy who's like considered to be a top-notch intellectual. I won't mention his name, but top-notch intellectual atheist and he was being interviewed on a television show 
and he's talking about, well, you know, if if there was a God and it was a loving God, how could the, that God possibly allow, and he was referring to some some events in Africa where children are so nutritionally deficient that there are worms in their bodies, there are parasites, and the parasites are eating their eyes out. And he says, well, you know, how cruel would God be to allow that to happen? And I wanted to just, you know, like reach through the, the, the speaker and say, sir, do you have a clue how the world works? Those worms are your best friend and the best friend of everybody in the world. It's like, well, how could worms that would eat the eyes of a child out be a friend? Well, in a world where death and decay is occurring, where people are disconnected from the power supply that keeps them functioning, tissue begins to decay and fall apart and die. And there are what are called reducer organisms that clean up the mess. If there were no reducer organisms, if those worms didn't exist, then the earth would be piled a thousand feet deep in dead bodies. We are blessed and fortunate that the creator created reducer organisms. Now, did the creator create the reducer organisms to eat the eyes out of the child? No. But, sir, Mr. Atheist, excuse me, who does not have a clue how the world works, why don't you get off your duff and stop complaining and whining and bitching and moaning about what God did and get off your duff and realize this is human doing that in this country alone over a billion pounds of food is wasted every year in a world where children are starving, why don't you take your energy off your complaining and whining and moaning, and why don't you put some energy into delivering food to children in the third world so they've got nutritional sufficiency and reducer organisms can't grow in them because they're so vital and strong that they don't need to be taken out, that they don't need to be removed. Understand how it works. The ignorance displayed by so many people is just amazing, especially in regards to that. And this is a guy who's considered to be a very high-level intellectual atheist, doesn't have a clue how the world works. And the excuses for rejecting the fact that love is present and is the creative force of the universe does not understand that, well, you know, something's dead and decaying, it would be a really good thing to have reduced organisms to chew it up so that we're not living in the stench and the stink of it all the time. It's like, you know, a big wake-up call to understanding just how the world works. So the, the, the lesson goes on to say that the untrue, that elemental force in you, has neither received nor given just isn't involved. So the creator in that, in that particular instance, and this would extend into every area of all of our lives, the creator isn't involved in what we call, oh, what a terrible circumstance and how much pain is there. The creator gave us the power to create. If we create decay, then the creator did the blessing of giving us reduced organisms to eat the decay. But just isn't involved in that game, doesn't have anything to do with it. So the lesson goes on to say, sin or that energy that's off the mark has no place in the true 
world that we're designed to live in. And that true world is a world of the active presence of love. So the energy of disintegration has no place in that world. So the results of the energies that are off the mark, if we were living in a space where we were connected to the energy we're designed to be connected to 24-7-365, there would be no decay. Now, people say, well, that's ridiculous. You know, everything decays in the end. Well, yes, because everything's been disconnected. I mean, where do you find human life today? Where do you find someone who's in the face of their drama and trauma that can live as the active presence of love? And that's the practice of this work. So therein lies your need to see yourself and each other as free of that hostility and fear-based mind. So what the, what the Course is saying here is clean up the part of your mind that's so off-base that it sees nothing but error all around it, presents love to that, and the insanity will dissolve because underneath all of it, all of it, and here the Course uses the word heaven, in him is heaven, and if you look in the ancient Aramaic, that word heaven is the place where there is the active presence of love. You know, there's a, a particular phrase that the Greeks translated as the kingdom of heaven, and in Aramaic it doesn't say anything about the kingdom of heaven. What it says is the community of love. So in and underlying everything is the active presence of love. And when I can take on the task of holding that space, seeing that, then I can strengthen that. Another place the Course says, you know, what you see in another, you reinforce both in them and in yourself. So if I'm in some sort of pain or trauma about what's going on inside of me, then I will project, if I live in denial, that pain and trauma outside of me and think the problem is outside of me. And by doing so, give power to that which is outside of me. And now the kingdom of heaven or the community of love is lost to me. See your brother as he is. See the truth of yourself and each other and what is yours shines from him to you. In other words, the truth is there's one of us. We are in this mystical body. We are connected on an energetic level. And when I can connect on that energetic level from the truth of who I am to the truth of you, who you are, then something else happens. There's a different energy dynamic. So, as I choose to send and attune only to love, then that person responds in kind. And if they're not able to respond in kind, as I choose to stand as that space, I open the energy window for them to do so. If you uh, want to see a powerful video that reflects that, there's a link on our website. Just put in the, uh, the search bar, Christian the Lion. Awesome video. It's a short story or short form of the story. These two guys buy a pet lion. They raise it till it can't handle it anymore, send it off to a preserve in Africa. A year later, they want to go see their lion 
the, the people who run the preserve resist. Uh, this lion will kill you. It's a wild beast. We have a tag on it. It's got its own pride. It'll kill you. They're like, well, we want to come see it anyway. So they go out and send these two guys out with a guy with a high-powered rifle because they're going to they're gonna have to shoot this beast. And they know approximately where he is because it's tagged. And they go out calling for this lion. And finally, this lion comes roaring down the hill and jumps up on them, hugging them, wrapping its paws around them, licking on them like a, a cat would do. And at the same time, the female, who's a totally wild lioness, the Huntrix, walks up to them and rubs against them like, and lets them pet her like she's a pet kitten. Totally wild female lion. How does that happen? Because in seeing the presence of love, the truth in each other, we get to resonate that truth in each other. So here are these two men who have this total care and concern and are the presence of love with the lion and the lion with them. And the lioness just taps into as, and is impacted by the energy. So this is exactly what the course is saying here. So, so you can say that, you know, the lioness is trained to be vicious and, you know, tear things apart. Yet in the presence of love, someone saves her from that fate and those around her and what comes forward is the presence of love. So as I choose love, it tends to resonate or wake up the love in everyone that I see. And so the lesson goes on to say, but what you would receive of him is up to you. So if you choose to see hate and fear and rage and guilt in your brother, now does that mean that if you've got someone who's filled with hate and rage and guilt and fear that you ignore that? No. It means that if you're seeing that hate and rage and guilt and fear, it's because that is in you. And as you engage in the forgiveness process, you weaken that. And the very person that two minutes ago, had you been filled with hate and rage, could be ready to kill you, all of a sudden starts to shift into exactly that energy of love that you've chosen to tune into. So it lies in each of us to overlook each other's mistakes and there lies the ability to heal. And in the course, that's called salvation. And so it is with yours. It is the reawakening of the laws of the creator in minds that have established other laws and given them power to enforce what the creator created not. In other words, people who believe in hostility or fear out there puking, spewing hostility and fear everywhere, finding other people to do the same, they're empowering something that isn't the truth. Even though they may have lived that all their lives, it's not the truth. And this is where understanding forgiveness and why it's so powerful to do is because when we understand the truth, by doing that, we begin to dissolve the lie. And as we dissolve the lie, everything begins to change. So we have people who join in mind in their hostility and fear, but when one selects to recall the truth about themselves and their brother, then 
the tendency is just like the lion, like Christian the lion, when love is present, the female taps into it and expresses the same way. When one of us can so clearly and powerfully stay connected to the active presence of love, what will happen is we will tend to wake up that love in everyone that we look at and everyone that we touch. Does that mean that the raging maniac is going to change overnight? No, might not, but it might too. I can tell you, and we don't have that much time, So, but I can tell you many stories of people who literally were had knives at their throat being ready to be slaughtered by someone who dropped into that space of active, present love, and all of a sudden the person who had a knife to their throat goes into tears and drops the knife and runs out of the room. Because we are energetic beings, we have the ability to change the energy patterns when we tune into the truth of who we are. And, of course, who is the truth of who you are? Have you ever held a newborn child? That's the truth of who you are. That's the truth of each of us. But we bought into a world of insane laws made to guarantee that we would engage in energy that didn't belong. The Course says here that would guarantee that you would make mistakes and give them power over you by accepting their results as you're just too. In other words, when we believe we deserve to be punished, hey, we're calling in somebody to punish us as creators. When we give up the need and the desire to be punished and recognize individually and collectively who we are, then just like the two guys visiting their lion and there is literally a resonating field of love, anyone close into it is going to tend to tap into that exact presence of love. And when they do, all of the energies that are off the mark, quote-unquote from the Aramaic, their sins, will be healed or forgiven them. But it's not forgiveness in the sense of the Greeks where, you know, the creator or somebody's going to let you off the hook for all the terrible things you've done. The forgiveness is all of the energies based in the terrible things you've done will be removed from you in the presence of love. So you won't be forgiven in the classic sense of, yeah, well, you know, I'm forgiven. God let me off the hook. No. That's not. That's a fantasy that leaves people with all of their drama and trauma intact. Just look at the people who are espousing that and watch when the stress is up and the chips are down what they do. They turn to their drama and trauma. There's been no forgiveness there. That's not forgiveness. And they they put that drama and trauma forward on their family members or children, whoever happens to get in their way. They'll take that negativity and offer it to them. So instead of living in a world of insane laws that are set up to guarantee you'd make mistakes and give those mistakes power over you by accepting the results, by thinking that you deserve it. You know, when we work in the prison system, we found that most people, when they were asked the question, when you do something wrong, do you deserve to be punished? Do you feel better when you're punished? They almost all said yes. So the course then asked the question, what could this be but madness? And it is this that you would see within your Savior from insanity. So, so it's saying that if you keep looking for that hostility and fear, the person who could be returning the active presence of love to you will be the person that when you choose to see that, you will become mutually supportive in experiencing the truth of who you are as love. And in that case, he, whoever you're looking at, 
is as free from the insanity as you are. And in the freedom that you see in him, you see your own. So when you can, because the, the culture is so deeply ensconced in self-deprecation and self-destruction, self-hatred, literally, you know, in the Greek interpretation of love your neighbor as yourself, that's one of the problems with the world. That's what most people are doing. They're, quote-unquote, loving their neighbors as themselves. And so when I stop trying to do that and I choose to function as the presence of love, then I change the game. And when I change the game, I get to see in another's eyes the truth about myself when perhaps my own self-image is too built up out of hostility and fear to see that. And when my brother sees that in my eyes, we then join in an energy, and that's where the ancient hatred that the Course talks about becomes a present love. So what the Creator has given follows His laws and those laws alone. And when you do, you can't suffer results from any other source. That's a really powerful thought. You can't suffer results from any other source. If you're suffering, it's because you see a source other than love as your source. So this lesson goes on to say those who choose freedom will experience only its results. Their power is of love, and they will give only what love has given to them to share with them. Nothing but this can touch them, for they see only this, sharing their power according to the will of love. And it is there that their freedom is maintained. Now, if you live in a separate and separated world, that seems totally and completely bizarre. But once you are freed from that, you know, Yeshua 2,000 years ago says, know the truth and the truth will set you free. Connect into the truth of who you are and who those around you are and a different game unfolds. And once you make a strong enough connection to that, then there'll be a, a powerful enough field of the presence of love to prevent you from falling into the temptation to imprison yourself again in hostility or fear and imprison others. If you've once tasted even a moment of that fresh, alive human life, then keeping that as your milestone, then you would refuse to put another in prison and refuse to put yourself in prison again. It is, and then the the Course goes on to say, and of course, we've all run into many teachers in the world, and a lot of them have been based in hostility and fear. And so this lesson advises, it is of those who have learned of freedom that you should ask what freedom is. Don't go asking the person in the jail cell what freedom is. Not likely to be able to tell you. And there's an interesting metaphor here. Ask not the sparrow how the eagle soars. For those with little wings have not accepted themselves the power to share with you. 
So when you begin to tap into the truth of who you are and you accept that as your function, the purpose that was given to you, and because our time is running short, I'm going to leave a couple of minutes for questions. I'm going to skip down a little bit. And the course, then, you know, so speaking of seeing the truth about yourself and others is your purpose in this context. So this lesson goes on to say, this is the person given you. Think not that your forgiveness of your brother serves but you two alone. So, so when your brother brings up fear, rage, or guilt in you, and you apply forgiveness as to your brother, that is, you choose to remove your guilt, your fear, and pain, then in doing that, you open an energy window that embodies everyone in the same way as these two guys in this lion transformed the life of the female lioness. I guess that's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it, a female lioness? But anyway, what can I say? So it says, think not that your forgiveness of your brother, that is, and it's interesting, from the Aramaic, there are two words that have been left out of every quote where it says, forgive your brother, and that is forgive as to your brother. So when I choose to forgive as to my brother, I interact with my brother, my brother brings rage up in me, I forgive my rage, and I've forgiven as to what my brother brought up in me. So the Course is saying, think not it serves you two alone, for a whole new world rests in the hands of every two who enter here to rest. And as they rest, the face of love shines on them, for they remember the laws of the Creator, forgetting all the rest, and you're only to have those laws perfectly fulfilled in them and in everyone else. So you may wonder how you can be at peace when, while you are in time, there is so much that must be done before the way the door to peace is open. Perhaps it seems impossible to you, but ask yourself, is it possible that the Creator would have a plan for your awakening and functioning truly that does not work? Once you have accepted His plan as the one function that you would fulfill, there will be nothing else that Rukka will not arrange for you without your effort. She will go before you, making straight your path and leaving in your way no stones to trip on and no obstacles to bar your way. Nothing you need will be denied you. Not one seeming difficulty, but will melt away before you reach it. You need take thought for nothing, careless of everything except the purpose that you would fulfill. As that was given you, so will its fulfillment be. The Creator's guarantee will hold against all obstacles, for it rests on certainty and not contingency. It rests on you. And what could be more certain than you, a son or daughter of the Creator? And so we invite you to really fully take that purpose on, express it, and live it. And Jeannie, uh, do we have anybody with a hand up in the phone queue? Anybody have a thought for us, a question? Does that make no, sense? All, yeah, that last verse that you read is one of my favorites. 
Do we happen to have the song loaded that that from uh, Omen and Shanti? I think we loaded that earlier. Do we happen to have that? It'd be cool to play in this last couple of minutes. There's a song that's been turned into a, uh, or pardon me, this particular paragraph has been turned into a song by Omen and Shanti. Do we happen to have that? We only have two loaded from them. One of them is Why Wait for Heaven, and the other one is if we, um, um, let me remember. That's it. I think that's it. Why don't we play that? Let's be, let me remember. Okay. Here we go.
powerful, powerful place to live. And we're here to support you with real tools for living that presence of peace that is your birthright. It came with you as a child. You brought it with you into the world. The world has done its best to teach you a set of rules to exit that state of connectedness and love and peace and live by its rules and therefore be melt for everything you're worth all of your life and then wrap you up and throw you away and die. It's not your birthright. Your birthright is to live as the active presence of love and as you accept your purpose, that one plan that you would fulfill that is bringing forward the truth of who you are, you give that gift to all the world in all the world when it starts to build the brain cells to see it, says, oh, that's what we've been waiting for. That's what we've been wanting. And so when we can get enough people through the gate, when the man Yeshua said, a little leavening leavens the whole loaf, he wasn't talking about bread. He was talking about critical mass and physics. We get enough people who actually live as that, then a different game happens. Remember, September 1st, new phone number, 516-418-5786. Put that in your phone, 516-418-5786, and create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org. Two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.